Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Sunday morning, and Richie, for the first time, I'm sorry, for the fifth time, for the fifth consecutive time, thanks to that bye week, we come to you undefeated. Um, that's pretty fun. That's kind of a, a cool thing. 4-0, the Knowles beat Boston College 44-14 to last night in a game that probably wasn't even that close. Um, let's get right into it, man. Well, I'll ask you. I'll, I'll be polite. I'll do the polite thing. I'm not very good at this. How has your weekend been outside of the game? Man, it's it's been good so far. I'm actually uh, hopping off here and heading to SeaWorld. Uh, got in a round of golf yesterday, so that was nice. That's the only good thing I can think of about playing a trash team at 8 p.m. Because, man, I hate staying up till midnight to watch these games. Uh, but I'll tell you what, they, the team made it worth it. Uh, just a dominant effort all around. I mean, you could point to a number of players, but Florida State, 4-0, and first time since 2015. TJ, how about you, man? What, how's your weekend been? You get any golf in? Going to SeaWorld? No golf. Um, Kara took Elena to a birthday party yesterday, so I had to sit home with the boys, and we just sat around and watched football. I did make some chili yesterday, so I got my Kevin Malone on. Um, that was really good. And then, yeah, obviously the game last night was a ton of fun. So no SeaWorld. Are the Bucks off today? Why are you going to see where, or do they play at night? Is it green? No, so they, they play at four o'clock. So my my best friend lives in Jupiter two hours away, and uh, they have SeaWorld passes too, but he has two little kids. I swear they go more than I do, and I live literally five minutes from the place. I can see Aquatica from my front yard. Kids um, are, yeah, they're obsessive. Like yeah. once you take so them once, like, it's just like, you got to keep going forever. And the wife's like an animal nerd, right? So we love, you know, going seeing all that stuff. So it's SeaWorld's an elite park, low key. I like SeaWorld. We've had some good times there. Um, all right, cool. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the game. If you guys are watching, if you're listening, hit us in the comments. Let us know your thoughts, and we'll try to get to anything we can. Of course, utilize the Super Chat. Make sure you're subscribed, and we'll get after it. Um, Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both of their locations at 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. Make sure to tell them Double Fries No Slaw sent you and throw that coleslaw out when you do get uh, your gut box. What did he slaw last night? I don't know if that was a good transition or not, but what did he slaw last night? The Knowles got after it. And Richie, it was really cool and I was really jealous to see a packed out doke. I was at the Miami game last year. I was at the Notre Dame game last year. Honestly, the crowd for Duquesne was was really, really impressive. And, and I was proud of the, you know, the support there. But there's something about an official sellout. There's something about when you have to wait 20 minutes in line just to get in the stadium. I know that that's not fun in the moment. But, like, when you're kind of watching it from outside and you're like, yeah, this place is going to be lit tonight. And it was. And so, first of all, shout out to the, you know, the fans that went, everybody that was there. I was definitely jealous watching on TV. Um Pretty impressive start. Um, okay, so that kick return. Let's start there. The kick return to open up the game, I thought was one of the most impressive kick return touchdowns I've ever seen because it wasn't – I mean, Kermits was impressive. Don't get me wrong. And Kermits was bigger. It meant more. It was more important. But Trey Benson just, like, willed himself into the end zone. It wasn't like a hole opens up on the left side and Kermits just faster than everybody else and goes in untouched. He broke like three or four tackles, like in the process. And it just looked like, yeah, I, you know, he didn't like blaze past everybody. He just said, I'm going to get in the end zone. And it felt like 
there is absolutely no chance that we're going to have a letdown tonight, right? You saw Miami with a letdown earlier. You've seen a lot of teams get upset these first few weeks of the season. It truly just looked like, yeah, yeah we're just going to beat the absolute you-know-what out of uh, <laughs> out of you guys tonight. Sorry that it had to be UBC, but um, how impressive was that start? I mean, you, you can't draw it up any better, right? And, you know, we hear about how much time this team dedicates to special teams in practice. Uh, to see it pay off is nice. It's probably the most impressive return. I'll go back to 2013, TJ, but I'm talking the Kermit one against Wake Forest when the, he got face masked and still ended up in the end zone um, in that 59-3 win against the, the Deeks. Um, yeah, he he basically should have gone down around the 20 or so. Then around midfield, I think the guy just didn't even want to try to tackle him. He lays out and misses him, and then he stiff arms the dude at the 20 running in. Uh, just an unbelievable return. And, yeah, that that definitely set the tone for the night because I think the defense fed off that, and this offense had a really productive night. Uh, Boston College is not a good team. Their offense is terrible, but their defense isn't bad. So what Florida State did offensively was more impressive to me. Yeah, and it, and it really did seem like all three facets of the game really complemented each other. The, you know, we, we go out and score a touchdown to start the game and then just immediately get an interception, right? Go out there yeah. and Pokey Wilson, I'm sorry, not Pokey Wilson, um, pass is intercepted by Duke Cooper and uh, like, boom, the Knolls are in business, like, again, 34 yards out. And so you really, in the first, you know, if you count the return as a drive, the first three drives, you really had all three units contributing immediately, right? And that's just not been the case. Like Florida State's had situations where something will happen good early on special teams or something will happen good early on defense and the offense can't pick them up or the defense can't, you know, the offense will go down just like last week. Offense goes down and scores immediately. The defense got to stop to start the game, but then they let Louisville go right back down and score, right? And so it was really, really – now, BC, again, quality of opponent. want to consider that when we talk about things. But it's been a long time since Florida State just went out and absolutely dominated teams that they were better than. In 2016, they beat Syracuse 45-14, to and that was the last ACC opponent that they really just – took it to like that and that's been a long time since then um jordan travis looked phenomenal uh talking you know we talked about you know we get the interception come out right away how about a fourth and nine from the 33 that's a little bit of no man's land right like you're not going to punt from there because it might only end up being a 13 yard punt you're not going to kick a field goal because of our struggles there and that's a 50 yarder so even if we hadn't had massive struggles that's a that's a pretty tough one but Ken McDonald, 32 yards to, from Jordan Travis down to the one. I really wanted him to get in there just to kind of reward him for making the big play on fourth down. But did you like the – I mean, of course you like the call. It worked out perfectly. But the call to go for it on fourth down and then the eventual touchdown by Toa Philly. Uh, offense came out firing too, eh? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the easy call actually, right? We, we saw this kicker leave a 47-yard field goal short in a dome earlier this year. Um not a great start for him this year. A, another miscue yesterday. Uh, so, yeah, I think that was an easy decision, but I love the call. I love going uh, you know, down the middle of the field because last year we never saw Jordan Travis attack the middle of the field, and this year he's all over it. Uh, finds Cam McDonald for a huge play. Toa Philly gets it in. Yeah, I, I think it was a good call, and I think you trust your defense enough, right? I, you know, they haven't shown us a whole lot this year, but I, I think you – 
can trust the defense enough in that situation where if you don't convert the first down, okay, it's still a fairly long field, right? A punt is just useless there. Uh, any coach that punts inside their own 35 should be fired. I don't care what happens as, as the end result. Um, so yeah, you either got to make the kick the field goal or go for it. And obviously you can't trust your kicker right now. So you went for it and my goodness, did it uh, give us the results we really wanted. The defense steps up immediately after that and gets another stop. Uh, BC actually did get one first down. Um, they had a run on first down of 10 yards. Uh, but then the defense stepped up. There was a lot of pressure on Jerkovic. Never really got going. I think he finished with like 105 passing yards for the day. Obviously, they took him out early. But he just wasn't good. And, and it had a lot to do with the pressure. NBC's offensive line was pretty decimated. They didn't have a lot of help there but credit to the Knowles for staying after it a lot of Florida State's impact players were out too Fabian Lovett's still out Jared Verse didn't suit up and um so shout out to the Knowles you know they they're pretty decimated with injuries on the defensive side and they just absolutely stayed in his face and dominated it all day how about the Jordan Travis play on the next drive to escape pressure and find Maybe somebody that nobody would have necessarily guessed that was going to have a massive game, but and Darren strong. Williamson. Oh, William, Williamson. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Williamson for 26 yards. Then they hit him again on the next play. But um, Jordan Travis leads the team 94 yards in 10 plays in five and a half minutes. Um, converts on a few third downs. And then Trey Benson. When Trey Benson takes it around the right side, it reminded me of a play um, that I think think it was Freeman where Jameis handed it off to Freeman and he could see the blocking and immediately like put his arms up because he knew it was a touchdown. That's what that play reminded me of. And so Trey Benson, not only doing it on the kick return, but the team driving 94 yards and him capping it off with a touchdown was, was pretty special too. Yeah. And, uh, and he got to break the rock after the game, which was pretty cool as well. Um, but yeah, they just came out, and, and uh, I mean, there's no way you, you would have told me that Jordan Travis was going to go out last night, throw for 321 yards, and Johnny Wilson would only have 12. I mean, I, I love this, you know, the weapons he has at his disposal, and yeah, nobody saw Darian Wilson, you know, basically getting 100 yards on five catches. He ended up with 98 officially, um, but you know, Pokey got it done. Cam McDonald, Micah Pittman had a solid game. Uh, yeah, Johnny was kind of quiet, yet the passing game still shined. That's got to be encouraging. And oh, by the way, we're getting some guy named Winston right back here in the next few weeks. That's only going to make this passing offense that much more dangerous. Yeah, the, the weapons at wide receiver have stepped up in such a big way, and it's really, really impressive um, to see what Norvell – and Dugans, I mean, shout out to Ron Dugans, you know, for the development, the transfers these brought in, obviously the commitment of Hakeem Williams. Um, I think that a lot of, I, I've actually got a, after this is, after we're done here live, I've got a quick video coming out, just talking about, um, talking about some of those things that the fan base doubted Mike on. And, uh, you know, Mike looked to make some changes this off season, but then he came back with Dugans and, and didn't want to, you know, do what he would consider his downgrade that position. And, you know, it's paying off for him. Dugan's just kind of proven his worth right now. And so, you know, talking through some of that, talking through some of those things, um, it's pretty impressive to watch that wide receiver room be a strength. The tight end room looked really good. Cam McDonald had some nice plays last night and um, made some big catches. We talked about the fourth down one. Okay, so the team 
scores a touchdown there, forces a three and out, uh, kicks a field goal. So it gets Fitzgerald a little bit of confidence. I know the extra points didn't look really good. I know the one missed. Um, but then Florida State at the end of the half continues to stop BC time after time after time. Greedy Vance got an interception, which was a ton of fun to see. Um, and then Florida State drives 65 yards in an, under a minute. We're moving quick there. Drive 65 yards, big plat, big pass to Malik McLean, and then a 31-yard pass to Kintron Portier. Is it Portier? Is that I think they do it Portier. Yeah. Portier. All right. It looks like it should be Portier. Um, where he Done. just went up and mossed the guy on a third and 10, right? With time winding down, it felt like, okay, are we going to be able to get this in? 19 seconds left. Um, that catch has got to be on you got Moss today, right? When when the NFL goes around the horn. What a great pass by Travis as well, right? Like he puts it where only Portier can catch it. And yeah, he, he we saw him flash last season, right? In some games, especially towards the end of the year. So you, you figured he maybe just got lost in the shuffle with all the transfers coming on and, you know, Pokey really stepping it up this offseason. But there he is going out there making a play. And how often have we seen Florida State players go out and just grab 50-50 balls like this? You know, in, in the, I feel like the past, you know, even going back to the end of the Jimbo days, we just haven't seen a whole lot of that. Yeah, tomorrow and Terry had his fair share, but you just don't see our players doing that. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a joke that Mike Norell said, oh, this is an offense built for playmakers. Well, I think we're starting to see what an offense built for playmakers looks like when you actually have those playmakers. And a, a guy like Portier has no choice but to step up, right? Or he's just going to get left behind. So the competition in practice alone is is raising what this team is as a whole. And it's an exciting thing to see because you're going to have injuries. You're going to have people that can't go one week for one reason or the other. And to know you have other guys behind them that can step up and make those plays, that's huge for Florida State. You're on mute, TJ. Thanks. The talent out at wide receiver and the depth that's out there. We obviously know about Pokey, um, Micah Pittman, Malik McClain. Johnny Wilson only had two catches for 12 yards last night. Um, Malik McClain steps up. Kentron steps up and then you use guys like Williamson and McDonald who you weren't really necessarily counting on to do a ton. It is really impressive what they're able to do out there at that wide out position. Um, going to the half with the game over. I'm always a big fan of that. Hey, how stress-free was last night? That was pretty, that was pretty nice. Um, before Something we get, we haven't had in a while, right? long time, right? I mean, I like guess game was pretty stress-free, but yeah, you know, against an ACC opponent, it's like I said, 2016 was was probably the last time that that was really the case. Yeah. Um, speaking of stress free, I want to give a quick shout out to Gramco. If there is stress in your life, um, go to thegramco.com and enter code DFNS25 to save 25% on your order. I saw you get the green apple gummy order in the other day. Excited for you to get those and try those. Really good stuff. Um, whether you need vapes, pre-rolls, wake-and-bake coffee, gummies, hard candy, whatever you're in the need of, thegramco.com, DFNS25. They are a leader when it comes to the Delta 8 field. They're Seminoles. They're Noel-founded and vet-owned. Give them a try today. Must be 21 or older to order, but go check them out today. DFNS25 at thegramco.com. All right, second half starts. We force a stop. BC drove. They got into FSU territory, but only one yard into FSU territory, and it was on a fourth and 
fourth and four. Uh, they had to punt. Florida State goes 90 yards in four plays. 72-yard pass to Pokey Wilson. I'd have loved if he'd have scored there, but you yeah. could tell he was running out of gas. My man was, was sucking some wind at the end of that. He, he was um, running sideways at the end of that run. He was <laughs> like, man, just please, defender fall down. Um, then Treshawn Ward hits a couple of runs, a three-yarder and then a 22-yarder, and effectively ends – Jordan Travis's night. That was that was it for Jordan Travis. And so for all the shout out to Richie, who said he had Jordan Travis over a play, over a half a play, had him playing, had him starting. Jordan came out, looked great. A couple of runs he just absolutely took off on. But the offense is different, obviously, with him in there. I know BC is not good, but Jordan Travis and the team, he goes out at 37 nothing. A lot of starters come out at that time, and the game's effectively over there. Um, but what can you say about Jordan Travis? Yeah, I mean, 37 points in 35 minutes, right? I mean, that, that you cannot be more efficient than that, and obviously one of them was a special teams touchdown, but like you said, 90 yards in four plays. Everything just felt easy last night, and Florida State's not made it look that way. You know, LSU, you, you had to go out and make some plays, and it was tough, you know, but one-handed catches, uh, contested catches. Louisville, nothing was easy last week, and then this week to come out, against the you know their bottom tier ACC team but like you mentioned we haven't beat bottom tier ACC teams like this in a very yeah. long time we've been uh, a bottom that, tier ACC yeah but yeah, we've been that bottom tier ACC team uh but yeah for Trayshawn Morden I don't even know if he got touched on that 22 yard touchdown run it, yeah. it was just yeah he gives me big Devontae Freeman vibes the way he runs the ball a, a yeah, little different so obviously you know but he, he's not gonna you know just burn past a bunch of people but man he he has great vision uh, his balance and and the way he sees the field, I love it. He is a he's going to be one of those guys that is a just a phenomenal college running back, and it might just hang around for like five six years in the league because he he's just that good. He's a ton of fun to watch. The three headed monster back there is really really nuts. Yeah. It is crazy what they're able to do. Um, and then you add in the, you know the threat of Jordan's legs as well is is pretty ridiculous. BC goes down and gets a touchdown on a long drive. A lot of backups in at this point. Um, I think the entire starting defensive line from from week zero was out at this point. Robert Cooper went off. I think he'll be fine. But uh, Robert Cooper went off. Obviously, Jared's out. Fabo didn't play. They drove. Pass interference penalty on Dent gives them a, a short field. They do get in the end zone. Teams trade punts, and then Tate leads a touchdown drive. Um, thought Tate came out and looked pretty good, had a couple of big completions, but this was the Trey Benson show on this drive, a 36-yarder to end it. He runs so violently that it's not even funny. Really, really impressive what he's able to do. Um, and for those keeping score at home, the over was hit with this. So not that I was in on that at all. Um but I definitely was. So shout out to Trey Benson for helping us hit the over here. Um, I was actually kind of nervous about it because once Tate came in, the defense was playing well. I was like, man, we really might end on not hitting this. But again, Benson with three touchdowns. He's probably your player of the game, although it's tough with with Jordan Travis having a really, really good game as well. But Trey Benson's probably my player of the game, my most impressive um, player on offense. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on, I mean, it, you know, then the third stringers give up a give up a drive. It was good to see Duffy get in and play a little bit. He had an incompletion to do span where he had it. He had him, um, but just didn't didn't complete it. 
And, uh, you know, good to see him get some reps. BC scores one really late with about 50 seconds left. You'd love for them to stay out of the end zone there, but hard for me to complain about third stringers giving up a, a touchdown late in the game that you've blown the other team out of. Any other thoughts on the game? And then we'll move on to some things we were impressed with. We'll talk a little national and we'll get out of here. No, I just, you know, thought it was impressive to do what you were supposed to do. You know, I think I had the game 31 to 13, so they definitely outperformed my expectations of the game. Um, you know, to come back at home in front of a true sellout crowd, you know, th- those players deserve that. That city deserves it. The local businesses deserve it. Just so much fun sitting at home, you know, watching on TV, uh, but seeing the sold out doke and the atmosphere that that was there and for the team to deliver like they did. Right now we have a huge game next weekend and, uh, you know, we're going to need the same offense to show up because you're going to have to score points if you want to win next weekend. Yeah, no, I agree. Next weekend's going to be a ton of fun. I've gotten about a million messages about the hurricane guys. I, I really, I, you know, I can't control FSU football. I certainly can't control the weather. So we'll see what happens with that, but yeah, shout out to the shout. I mean, the team just came out. I said this on the spaces last night. Sorry if you were listening and you're getting this repeated. If you weren't listening, go back and watch the spaces um, or the instant reaction last night that we did late. Um, that's a good question, Jordan. I'll answer that in a minute. It's a great YouTube question that we'll we'll get to. Um, I think that uh, I think that Florida State's had four tests, right? And they've been different tests. And this is the best way to kind of sum up where we are in the season right now because you'll see people talk about the schedule and who they've played, this, that, and the other. But they've had four tests, and they've passed all of them excellently, right? They have gone three and one against the spread. The one spread they didn't cover was by a point, right? When they were supposed to blow out Duquesne, they blew out Duquesne. When they were supposed to go on the road and lose to LSU, they didn't do that. They went on the road and won against LSU when they were supposed to lose with so many starters out on the road against Louisville. I know they were a favorite in that game, but once you take out, you know, Jordan and Jared and Robert Scott and real, when they were, when the chips were stacked against them, they were supposed to lose against Louisville. They didn't. And then when they were supposed to blow an ACC opponent in BC in Doak, they did that. Right. And so they're four. They've, they've passed every test that they need to. Um, and so I, I, I'm very pleased with where this team is. I'm, you know, ecstatic about what they can do, what they're able to do going forward. You got to readjust expectations. I had this as a seven win team, but I had two losses in the first four games. And so I'm not saying that I'm guaranteeing nine right now, but I think the possibility of eight, nine, 10 gets stronger and stronger every week. I think that, you know, you have to, you have to be realistic and you have to look at your opponents and you have to look at other schedules. And that's probably, this is probably not the time for that. But I mean, if we go four and four across this last eight, I'm going to probably be a little bit disappointed. Right? I think we should probably go five and three across this last eight, right? And get to nine wins and then we'll see what a bowl looks like. So, so TJ, what do you think the um, ESPN FPI projects us at now? I'd say over nine, I'd say nine, nine and change. Yep, I say the nine only- point, 9.3 and 2.9. No. So, yeah, the schedule sets up nicely based yeah. on what you did to get here, and they had to earn that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you you had to take care of business against BC and Duquesne, and you couldn't have a slip-up against either one of those. And then you upset two teams you weren't supposed to beat, according to the beginning of the year. Again, I know you were favored going to Louisville. A lot of that had to do with you beating LSU. If you lost LSU, you'd probably be underdog at Louisville. So, yeah, when we look at the schedule, I think – 
you, you can't lose to Louisiana. You can't lose to Georgia Tech. You really should lose, lose Miami. to Miami. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a bad loss at this point, based yeah. on what we know. Now, if Miami blows the next five teams out and Jay Garcia, looks, you know, then you'll recalibrate expectations. And to me, you probably shouldn't lose to Florida. You probably shouldn't lose to Syracuse. And I think you should beat Wake Forest. Now, that would put you at 10-2. and two. That's, that's probably high. You'll probably drop one of those games that I've yeah. just mentioned, one of the rivals, maybe Wake, whatever. But I, I think Florida State's in great shape. I don't think NC State or Clemson are out of the question. So yeah, I think eight, nine. If you if you if you gave me man, give me nine wins right now, and I'm thrilled. Right, find a way to get to nine. We're playing in a huge bowl game. Um, our losses are good losses, right? Losing to Clemson, NC State, whatever. Give me nine wins. It's kind of where I feel like I'm at. If I'd have told you nine wins before the season, Richie, I think you'd have been like, "Come on, man! Like, what's the chance? Like, what? I mean, I see the path, but like, we can't do that." Anyway, yeah, I think everything kind of lines up really, really well there. Um, take this in any direction you want. You can either kind of follow that up, or I want to know who your defensive player of the game is. Or you can do both. I don't care. Yeah, nine wins. I, I don't know, right? I'm, I'm still. You're definitely done what you need to do at this point to have that possibility. Um, I think preseason I had a ceiling of ten, and that was if everything went perfect, right? No injuries, just good turnover luck, all of that stuff. Um, what you were never going to get the ceiling, right? Cause who, who, whoever hits the ceiling, very few teams, you know, like Alabama to hit their ceiling every year would be winning every single game. And it just doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, nine is definitely in play. And if, if anyone projecting nine ones before the season was probably called a Homer saying, yeah, you're, you slow down a little bit, but yeah, man, this team is just coming together. I love the way that they're playing, uh, playing with confidence and, you know, no one's going to mistake this team for a college football playoff team, right? But it gives me kind of, you know, 2017, I think, uh, Miami vibes where they started out 10-0. and Everyone knew they weren't perfect and they had flaws. But what a ride that must have been to go 10 straight weeks with, with winning. And I, I'm not saying Florida State's going to start the season 10-0. and But, you know, if they get a few bounces their way, you know, why not go 2-1 and in these next three games? Or 3-0. No. Why not? It's unlikely. I'm, I'm here to tell you that. Um, you know, 1-2 and two is probably more likely than 3-0. and But there's not a single team on the schedule left that I see that I'm like, we just can't beat them. Or, or I just, you know, lose sleep over it. Obviously wakes good offensively. Clemson has a ton of talent. NC state's, you know, supposed to be pretty good this year. I haven't seen a whole lot of that, but yeah, every game on the schedule is winnable. So just, you know, not to sound cliche, take it one week at a time, man, you beat wake next week and the buzz in Tallahassee is going to be out of control. Yeah. Off the charts. Um, there's a chance and you beat Wake, and then you see what happens against NC State, you could be looking at game day coming yeah. to, to Tallahassee for that Clemson game. It's been a while, so that'd be a lot of fun to, to get that back. I think 2016 against Clemson was the last time we we had it um, at home. I think it was at it, it was at Bama, Florida State, right, if I remember correctly. Um, I think so. In 2017, but last time it was at home. You know, I, don't, I never count those national games. To me, that – no, of course it would go there. So um, defensive player of the game to me, this is not a tough one. I'll give the obvious one and then um, give a backup to Kalen Deloach is unreal. He is going to play himself into a day one or day two guy in the NFL. He is so good. Day one is, is might be pushing a little bit. He might need to. Yeah. You know, but he's unreal. He is so, so good. He might need to come back for that, but led the team in tackles, had a couple passes defended. He was in there every play, causing pressure. So, so, so good. 
Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to Brandon Gant. I thought Brandon Gant was really, really good. Stepping in there at linebacker, had five tackles last night, came up with a sack last night, was just always around the ball, always making plays, always making things happen. Here we are shouting out our linebackers. Tatum was great, too. He is so fast, it's not even funny. Um, Randy Shannon has developed these linebackers really, really well. And the the two positions that I think – uh, you know, the couple of, you know, maybe position coaches that Florida State fans were maybe the most, you know, oh, man, Dugans and, oh, man, why are you making Shannon the linebacker coach? Let me just say, those those two positions are are strengths of this team right now, and it's really impressive to see. Um, sorry that I just took, like, all of the guys that had rock star games. Do you have anybody else for, like, I don't know, a player of the game or one of those guys? And let me just give a shout-out to Greedy Vance on that interception. You know, he, he struggled a little bit last week up in Louisville. Um, but came out, got a late interception. So, it, you know, obviously he's been through a lot with the hurricane thing. Um, you know, we talked about it with him on the show before the season started. So I was really happy to see him go out there and make a play uh, because I think you're going to need him down the, uh, you know, towards the end of the season, you know, with people are going to go down and you need reliable backups. And that's something that, that's a luxury Florida State has not had in a long time. Uh, so just really happy to see him go out there and make a big play like that. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, all right. That probably puts a bow on the BC game. Time to move forward and look ahead. Uh, before we do that, there's a good number of people in here. If you're watching, if you're listening, hit the thumbs up button. Let us know your comments, what questions you have. You can utilize the super chat to make sure that your questions get read. Let us know what your thoughts are. Make sure you always subscribe. Also, if you're going up to the game this weekend or if you just need some new FSU gear, FSU gear go to garnetandgold.com, the last family-owned and operated uh, FSU retailer. In Tallahassee, you can use code NOSLAW, N-O-S-L-A-W, to get 15% off your order. Garnet and Gold, again, is family-owned and operated. They are the only place you should be shopping for your FSU gear. Shout out Garnet and Gold. NOSLAW gets you 15% off. Go order something today to celebrate. The Knowles being 4-0, you need some new gear to show off. In front of your friends that are Gators and Canes fans, so you can kind of rub it in their face that we're four zero and they have four combined wins between the both of them. No slaw at checkout will get you fifteen percent off. Shout out to Garnet and Gold. Appreciate all they do. Appreciate them giving back to our student athletes through NIL and the boosters. Shout out GarnetandGold.com again. No slaw. N O S L A W. No spaces will get you fifteen percent off there. Um, what worries you most about the weight game? Um, not to be funny at all. I'm not trying to make light of this or be, or be facetious. Probably the hurricane. I think that it would be a bad thing for Florida State if this game got moved off of Saturday. I don't necessarily believe in momentum from week to week or anything like that. But I think the team does have a confidence, and I, I do want to get Wake right after they played Clemson in an overtime game. I think that Florida State is getting healthy. I don't need that game getting canceled or moved. I don't think the schedules line up really well. I don't know how it would get moved or where it would get moved to. If it got physically moved, I think that would be kind of okay, but I really want that game in front of a sold-out, packed Dope Campbell Stadium. I think that will happen if that hurricane can just veer off another way. So that, honestly, is my biggest concern. What concerns me most on the field? I mean, their their offense is really good, right? We we got to see a, a, pretty, good a pretty good college quarterback in Phil Dracovic. Their offense is great. And so I think it's can our defense step up and be situationally good, right? Can you hold Wake to 24 to 28 points? If you do, I think you win. 
right? If you hold Wake under 30, I think you win the game. We'll break down Wake a ton this season. I'm sorry, this week. We'll talk a lot more about that then. But I, you know, their offense certainly concerns me. They, there were times that they made that Clemson secondary look awful. And that's something that teams have not done that weren't named Alabama. And, and usually they don't even have very much success doing that um, for, for years. So, yeah, that, that Wake offense is really good. Uh, I think it's going to be a dogfight. I think that it's going to be high scoring, take the over. <laughs> um, but if Florida State's defense can be situationally good, Ben don't break, force a couple of field goals, get a couple of big turnovers, I think Florida State can come out the win uh, with the win. Richie, what concerns you about Wake since I just took the obvious thing, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the quarterback, right? Sam Hartman, he was 20 for 29, 337, six touchdowns, no interceptions against Clemson yesterday. Uh, but Jamal Banks was the receiving end of a lot of that, six catches, 141 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, the offense is just good. And, it, you know, we'll see what happens. You mentioned the hurricane. Um, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. And, uh, you know, if I recommend to anybody, go get your water, your necessities this morning if you haven't already. Um, because it's it's going to be a disaster. I drove by Costco yesterday, and it was already a, a you know a mass crowd out there. But yeah, man, that offense is really good. And Sam Hartman, whatever his medical condition was, I'm I'm glad he's healthy. I, I just wish he came back a little later because he he's going to make this game much more difficult. But a game I still think you can plan on winning if you come out and play your best game. Yeah, no, I like I like where we're at with it. Um, I think we're going to be in good shape. I think ESPN still really likes the Knowles here. Um, gives us 73% chance to win. Um, give me one second. Yeah, 73.4% chance to win. That feels a little high to me. That feels a little higher than what I would expect. I think it's like a 60-40. I will say, the Knowles have a much better defense than Wake Forest has. And if that defense comes to play, it's going to be on Adam Fuller. Defense looks really good last night. The Knowles will win the game. Um, 73 seems high. All right, let's talk about the rivals and let's get out of here. Uh, Miami with a loss to Rick Stockstill. Yo, let's go. Seminoles 03. Um, <laughs> cash that thing. I, yeah, I, I had a good day. I had, hold on one second. Yeah. Yeah, all right, just two, just two. <laughs> Seminoles 0-3, 220. Uh, yeah, they covered easy. It's nice when they cover in the first quarter, isn't it? <laughs> you just know, like, all right, we'd have to have a massive meltdown to not cover this. So shout out Seminoles 0-3 on your bets. Maybe we'll bring you on next week for a betting segment. If you uh, if you super chat us next week, let us know. Um, it was up to 18 and a half by kickoff. It, dude, it just kept rising. Days. All yeah. the money started. Well, I mean, once they announced Jordan was going to start, it was like, okay, well, this is – I hit the over. I hit on the over. So, shout out to everybody that hit yesterday. I'll probably lose it all on the NFL today because I'm an idiot. I should just cash out, but well, whatever. You know, roll the you – know when to fold them, right? So, um, thank you again for the super chat. It means a lot. It, you know, those little things help us improve the show and stuff. So, um Miami loses to former FSU QB Rick Stockstill, played under Bobby Bowden, um, and the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. Not even the regular Raiders, the Blue Raiders. 
This might have been the worst loss in Big Three history. I know we just lost to Jacksonville State last week. I, I, or last year, sorry. I know that that's really embarrassing. I know that Florida lost to Georgia Southern. That was really embarrassing. But like those were like fluky last second losses. This was, got dominated. This, this was domination by the Blue Raiders. Now Miami's offense, like they they got some things going in the second half, and they were able to get going. But like Miami had a fighting claw to to lose this by fourteen. They were without a prayer in this one. Um, and they kind of got lucky on a couple of things, a fumble that got called their way. I watched this game closely. I was, uh, you know, had the, had the Twitter fingers fired up. What's up, my man, Harlan? Um, uh, not, not the Harlan that skipped on the show this morning, but my other guy, Harlan. um, my, they, that game was embarrassing. Um, yeah, lots on the Miami loss and then we'll talk Florida and we'll get out. So I didn't watch a second of the game, but just following the score along on the ESPN app in the, it always seemed like I'm waiting for, you know, Miami to just take a lead and run away with it, right? Because that's typically what happens. You know, these games, these small teams show up, and, and I guess, you know, Tyler Van Dyke was right. There was no atmosphere down in Hard Rock Stadium. It was uh, embarrassing even by their standards as Florida State was winning in a sold-out Doe Campbell Stadium. But, yeah, that's that Miami team, they got to figure some stuff out. And I, I think they have some buyer's remorse on crystal ball right now because they realize, you know, he, he probably needs an offense coordinator and that, Kevin Steele on that defense, oof, that again, Middle Tennessee just did what they wanted. They dominated. And I love the coach's comments after the game, uh, how he talked about his, you know, Florida State buddies were all texting him, hey, you, you know, beat the heck out of him. And he's like, I'm not ashamed to say it. We we beat the heck out of him. It was just awesome to see. No doubt. Yeah, I should have, I should have had a little bit more foresight and playing this out a little bit better. But uh, yeah, I was I was blasting Rocky Top yesterday as well. Shout out to the good folk, the good folks in Tennessee. I mean, obviously, you know, we we did what we yeah. needed to do. We won our game. But the great, great folks in Tennessee, both Knoxville and Middle Tennessee State, for taking care of yeah. the rivals. Again, four losses combined. That's that's embarrassing. Couldn't imagine. Um, but, uh, yeah, Florida. I will say Florida at least showed a little bit, little bit of fight. Now, I think Tennessee, once they got up 17, just pulled their foot off the gas and let Florida kind of – get a couple of garbage time touchdowns that did make it interesting. They had a prayer there at the end, but the game ends on an Anthony Richardson interception. No shocker there. Uh, and Florida is two and two. They'll come back and beat Eastern Washington next week. I think they'll beat Missouri after that, but then they're going to lose all three games to LSU, Georgia, and a and I think at that point, they're going to have a losing record. They're going to be four and five. They're going to win the next two. I think they beat Eastern Washington. I think they beat Missouri. But then they're going to be four and five. I think that they will beat Vandy and South Carolina, but then they lose to us and they're going to go six and six this year. That's my official UF prediction is a six and six record. Um, so I don't care about how much fight they had yesterday. They they're not good. So um, did you, did you catch any of that one or did you not watch that one either? I did. I did catch a little bit of that one um, when I got home from golf uh, and while that was going on that they couldn't have felt great seeing Louisville beat the USF 41 to three either after they had to fight tooth and nail just to try and hang on to beat USF last week. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, those Louisville trolls uh, didn't work out so well. It turns out not hitting quite as hard. Yeah. Louisville was, was, was a lot better than people thought. And USF was a lot worse than people thought. Yeah. Um. All right. Do you have anything else? Because I can hear my kids screaming uh, on the side there. I do want to give a couple of shout-outs, but do you have anything else before we give out? get out of here? 
Nah, man, just feels good to be 4-0. We're a third of the way through the season, undefeated. Got Blake Nicholson, got Hakeem Williams. Man, what a perfect start to the season for Mike Norvell and Florida State. And just hope the momentum keeps going and, and ride that wave as far as we can. We put out a couple of videos last week at the end of last week on Blake Nicholson and Hakeem Williams. They're right here on the channel. Do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. If you're not subscribed, it's underneath Richie over there. Um, hit that subscribe button, thumbs up, all the things. Go check out the Blake Nicholson video, the Hakeem Williams video. We reacted to both of those big-time commits. And you're right, first month of the year could not have gone any better. Just an absolute perfect start for the Knowles on the field, off the field. And when you look at what the rivals are doing, pretty pretty great there too. A uh, couple of quick shout-outs. Here is a video yesterday of Harlan. Harlan's not on here today, but I'm going to give him some love anyway. Here is a video of Harlan, their gender reveal. It's a boy. So Shout-out, Harlan. Shout-out, um, Nicole. Harlan produces the show for us behind the scenes. So shout out to them. They're having a boy. I don't, I don't know how long. It, several months. It'll, it'll be a little while. Um, also, shout out to uh, the roll-up no-cap Sunday. Starts in 15 minutes. Um, I think I can get a link over here, and you guys can go check that out. Um, You're going to want to watch this week. Yeah, this is going to be a good week. When both rivals lose and the Knowles win, it is fun. So you can literally, after this, you can head over there and watch that. Um, also, I've got a video dropping literally as soon as I hit in broadcast. I'm going to drop a video on why Mike Norvell was right and FSU fans were wrong. Go check that out. It's a quick five-minute watch. You can watch it before no cap starts. Richie, I don't have anything else. We'll have a bunch of videos and stuff dropping this week. We'll do a preview on Wednesday for Wake Forest. Um, keep, keep an eye on the weather. Keep an eye on the hurricane. We'll go from there. But it feels good to be 4-0, so shout out the sponsors, Guthrie's, Gramco, Garnet, and Gold. You got anything before we go? Nah, man, I'm, I'm ready to go uh, feed some seed lines. Go get after it, man. Go Knowles. Enjoy the, uh, enjoy the pod this morning. Enjoy the show. You guys, I appreciate you guys for hanging out. Hit that subscribe button, and we will talk to you guys soon. Thanks.